It's another Sunday Night in Comedy, and tonight we're checking in with a Canadian comedy icon and an upcoming renegade to find out if stand-up is indeed back with a vengeance. And is this finally the end of comedy's cruelest summer? I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to an all-new Inside Jokes, baby! Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you spot hecklers online and in person since 1967, because we're living in a hybrid world. We're, of course, coming off of kind of a soft reopen of festival season. Uh, Last week was, uh, of course, all post-JFL with our producer, Vince Tedesco, who's on the line now. And Vince, Mm -hmm. this week on the show, we do have... A Canadian comedy, I'm going to go ahead and say icon. She's joined us before, but it's been a minute, as the kids say, and a few things have happened in the world since then, especially in the world of comedy. Uh, But Carla Collins is joining us tonight. Um, Honestly, Vince, one of those very few, and I'm going to bring this up with her, but one of those very few household names in Canadian comedy who sort of made a a sort of Canadian celebrity status for themselves off of stand-up. It doesn't happen a lot in this country, and she's one of really a rare few. Um, We're going to find out what shows she has coming up, what she's been up to this whole time, and how she's sort of rolling with something that nobody's seen happen in their careers this far. Yeah, when we last spoke with her, she was up in Barrie at a horse farm. She was up in Barrie at a horse farm. Let's Um, see if she's still hanging out with the horses. We'll see if she's still with the horses. But I mean, she's she's done some interesting projects during COVID that I want to pick her brain on and see what she's up to now. Um, And of course, our listeners will know her from, yes, stand up in Canada, but she's also for decades been a regular fixture on Canadian TV and also made quite a name for herself on the LA comedy scene, which in turn has influenced a lot of what she talks about on stage. She does have that sort of Hollywood yeah thing about her She's, you know? i like to pin her as canada's first kind of multimedia personality and she she very much has that la bent about her and of course a little later on we're going to check in with kyle lucy who is one of those upcoming comics in canada who has sort of broke through this era of self-producing and starting your own shows and built a bit of a reputation as sort of a filterless edgy young comics so we're going to pick his brain about how important it is to have these mics and stuff coming back we're going to come back with more inside jokes carla collins right here on global news radio 640 toronto welcome back to an all-new inside jokes baby right here on global news radio 640 toronto and of course coast to coast canada wide and in fact planet earth wide on the global news radio network if you happen to have the internet i hope you do Because that's how we've been doing this radio show for a year and a half. And all of you are stuck at home in desperate need of comedy. But we do have, like I said earlier to Vince, we do have, I'm going to go ahead and say, a Canadian comedy icon joining us on the show. Carla Collins is here. And Carla, it's, it's been a little bit since we've talked to you. 
It has. Now, I got to talk to Vinny uh, back in April, but you were not to be found. You were playing hard to get, Dean, and I like that. <laughs> I was, I mean, you've been doing all these different projects and streaming all these different things during COVID. You've been keeping, you've been keeping pretty busy. I want to actually, I know we know you have a big show that we're going to talk about coming up here in Toronto at Revival with quite a killer lineup. But you've been doing some, I mean, we've been talking to comics all over North America and all over the map, really about just sort of ways that they've figured out their ways around, you know, the parameters of live shows and festivals being put on pause and all that stuff. So people have come up with some interesting new platforms and concepts. You've done a couple of things that nobody else has done. So I want to get, get into that. And of course, we'll talk about your show at Revival. And I do think Carla, I mean, our listeners, they know you from Canadian TV. They know you from, of course, stand up. They know you from radio. I mean, you've kind of always done this multimedia personality thing and in LA as well. I mean, you've made a name on both sides of the border, but I would say, I mean, you're one of the very few comics in Canada who became sort of a household name off of standup. It doesn't, there's a really only a handful of there's, you know, you and the Ron Jameses and the sugar Sammies and of course, Russell Peters, but really there's a very few of you have sort of reached that level in Canadian comedy where people at home in this country know you from standup. Well, you know, I had, I had a leg up as it were, uh, because I did, I did many more years of TV and radio before I got to stand up. So that kind of, but you know, Dina didn't really work for me because when I made the move to stand up, people were like, Oh good. The host of entertainment now that'll be <laughs> right. Like that. they're just like, I don't know if the chick who hosted I in Toronto is really going to blow my skirt up. Um, <laughs> And then conversely, I think sometimes people come to a show and I'm, you know, going full at it. And they're like, oh, my I thought I was getting Marilyn Dennis. She tells us what paints to use. I thought it was going to be calming. Who's this crazy blonde? <laughs> so but um, the comedy is my first love. So I'm thrilled to be able to do it. And apparently under any circumstances. <laughs> well, and it is true because you always found this sort of balance between, yes, your, you know, your media personality side of things. You do have you do project this sort of especially since you know the past couple of decades dividing your time between here and LA. LA suits you well. I mean, you do very much project that sort of glitz and glam of LA and this media personality thing that's a huge part of sort of your on-stage presence, but then yeah, people coming out and watching you at a club or watching you at a festival are like, "Oh man, I wasn't expecting, <laughs> you know, you're this very sort of body raucous filter-free comedian, but you find this nice blend between those two separate sides of the coin that really just is your own sort of brand. It's your own sort of voice. Well, thanks. I mean, I, you know, I do believe comedy should be uplifting. Uh, so I, I think that it, I have a positive spin and I, I try to go for the smart jokes. Um, not big into swearing, but yeah, I like it salty and edgy, right? That's the whole point of being able to, to, to say your thing on stage as opposed to sometimes on radio and TV where we can't completely go, you know, full on. And, uh, you know, fashion has just always been a part of my life. Remember, I'm from the Sioux. I literally, guys, I posted a picture of my baby picture and I had a mullet as a baby. <laughs> I literally had longer hair in the, and I was like, look at me, I'm business in the front and potty in the back. Um, so, but despite my roots, I, I do, I, for me, I think it's a big part of just putting on a show almost Vegas style to, you know, to, to be able to, for me, uh, dress in, you know, in a crazy fashion forward outfit is just part, you know, if somebody's comfortable in hoodie and jeans and that's what they should do. And for me, it's always been a big part to kind of, 
you know, dress it up to the tits, as my Auntie yeah. Alice would say. <laughs> Which, by the way, I mean, for you, I mean, you, you've never been a political comic. You're very much, you know, you're a comic where people can come and watch you for 90 minutes in a club and they sort of, they get to sort of shut out the outside world and the lights come down and they're entertained for an hour and a half and they sort of put real life on pause. But I think a lot of comics, and I mean, you've been, you've been at this a long time and, and before that you were in the media for a long time. A lot of comics, I think, do feel some sort of pressure to address big things going on in the world. And I mean, this past year and a half has been chock full of nothing but insane news nonstop. It's like a different thing every day. Do you feel in a way like you want to address some of those elephants in the room? I mean, I know you have this show coming up at Revival. I'm sure you're going to be working, doing some new material there as well. Or do you think escapism is more important for people right now? Because we've all been stuck on our butts just taking this garbage in for the longest time now. Well, I try to make it a cocktail of both, honestly, Dean, because, you know, again, coming from media, um, I like that you've been in it for decades. I was a child star. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point that out right now. Uh, so for me, you know, I've always loved current affairs and pop culture. So my comedy is very much what's going on in the news, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I put out in a, this is we're recording my next album. Because, you know, I've spent my entire year on a farm with a gentleman I refer to as my gay fiance. So because we're not banging, I'm really writing a lot. So <laughs> I, I certainly address COVID, the pandemic. Uh, you know, my political stuff is more like political positions named after world leaders uh, when it comes to it. But I think you can still hear my voice to have a whole funny uh, segment. I think about dating a conspiracy theorist, which is true. Um, and now that the divide is vaxxers and anti-vaxxers, you know, and the, the people who are vaccinated are like, you anti-vaxxers are murderers. And the anti-vaxxers are like, I will not be implanted with the semen of Bill Gates, which is coincidentally <laughs> what Melinda Gates yelled at before she left. So, I mean, but I think there's enough goofiness in all of my COVID stuff and random and, and, and world politics that I think it still lets everybody escape. You know, my... My big philosophy, you know, I did an entire show when my mom passed away called Laugh After Death, and she was my whole world because I think, first of all, dark humor slimming, and also <laughs> you, shine, <laughs> you shine a little light on something and it takes the fear away. So for Absolutely. me, that's a big coping mechanism. Yeah, well, I, it's well, so like true. A, yeah. a lot of comics kind of forget that, and, 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 you know, a lot of audiences want that too i mean if you address something that's that big and that's real and that and that you can make a crowd relate to takes the power out of it i mean i think at the end of the day good comedy is all about just taking that skeleton out of the closet and giving it an autopsy on stage you know and people people in, in the audience they react to that because they go okay i've lived this i'm watching this is honest stuff that i can laugh about and i couldn't before you know I think it's therapeutic, right? It's a release like crying, you know? So you try to find something that's universal yet highly unique. And then I also dress up that skeleton in high heels and a mini. <laughs> there, there we go. Makes it more palpable. Makes it more palpable. We're going to find out more about what Carla Collins has been up to during this entire insane year in, not just in comedy, but just as human beings on planet Earth. Uh, and also what this big showcase coming up at Revival is all about, because it is quite the killer lineup. And it is great to see live shows like that coming back again. We'll be back with more Carla Collins right here on Inside Jokes. Hi there, this is Carla Collins and you're listening to Inside Jokes on 640. 
Inside Jokes, baby! Right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Helping you stay six feet away from everyone you love since 1967. How about that? We hope that one day those COVID taglines are going to be useless, but they, you know, now we have this whole Delta variant, which to me just sounds like a horrible indie folk band, but I don't know. The Delta (laughs) variant. They won't be live at the Revival this month, but you know who will be? Carla Collins, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it's been interesting talking to a lot of comics at different stages in their careers during this. A lot of people naturally, you know, had a bit of a tough time adapting to doing things online and streaming platforms and all that stuff. Carla, do you think because of your background, because you were always in radio, you were always in television before you even hit the stage, do you think that sort of you're already so used to adapting and being a multimedia performer to begin with? Like, did you find a huge adjustment during this? Obviously, I'm sure you would want to be live on stage doing what you do, but. Well, exactly. I certainly missed, you know, actual humans. I ended up doing a show, a comedic meditation, which I go into a little bit more in a second, in a backyard when we were first allowed out. And uh, I just didn't even know how to cope around humans. I was just offering everybody belly rubs because I've really only been around animals. But so it was wonderful to get to have actual humans. But yeah, I was I think for me, it was an easy hate to overuse the word pivot, but it it was a lot easier to adjust because of years in radio where there wasn't an audience um, and television where often there wasn't an audience. And I had to deliver a monologue and maybe also because a lot of shows in L.A., there are only three people. So sometimes I had more people here, you know, one person and a couple of animals on the farm. And I'm like, this is a full crowd for me. I can do this. <laughs> so uh, so it, it was, I think, a little easier. And also because I created this thing called uh, Chuckle and Chill Comedic Meditation. And honestly, the meditation part, it's almost a better delivery method when everybody's at home and they don't feel judged and they can just roll over and go to sleep afterwards or fart or drool and not have to drive home. So that seemed to work out well. And I think everybody needed to laugh and relax. So the the timing was okay for that. Which, I mean, I think it's kind of a perfect thing that's, you know, was definitely needed for a lot of people during all of this. There was a lot of sort of chaos and fear and uncertainty. And you do always have sort of, I mean, even talking earlier about how, you know, you lost your, your mom and you, you went and did material on stage that was therapeutic for you. And that was stuff that people could relate to. Uh, I think a big underlying thing with so much of your comedy is sort of talking about real things and it's almost medicinal in a way. It's the laughter is is the best medicine thing. I mean, that was certainly Sandra Carusi's whole thing behind this show. And I mean, a lot of that plays into your comedy. So I think, yeah, the comedic meditation thing during COVID, that must've been a great release for some people. Well, I mean, at first people were like, what the hell is this? I don't understand. And then, you know, Microsoft and the bats and I got some heavy hitters who booked me and then everybody wanted in. Like, even if they were, what? It's like, just give it a try. Because again, when you're laughing, as I told Vince, and and when you're laughing and meditating, your brain is in the same state. It's a gamma state. So it makes sense. And that way, you, you, you know, you release endorphins, get rid of some energy and you can more easily fall into a deeper state of relaxation. And I've always believed laughter has been medicine. It's, I, I do think it is a therapy. Sandra and I, of course, uh, shared that belief and uh, certainly has been for me. And I believe in the Norman Cousins, like the closest distance between two people is laughter and that he allegedly 
cured himself uh, of cancer by just watching funny movies. So listen, it can't hurt. And we really needed yeah. it this year. And, you know, I was, I was also, I guess, lucky in a, in a way because a lot of comedians said, well, I don't, I don't have anything to write about, but I completely changed my life this year. I mean, prior to this year, I'd never even visited a farm. You were more likely to find me like in farm porn, like agri porn. Like I'm like, look at me in titty slickers three. Right. So I come here. I've, I've got this wonderful gay fiance. I call myself his trophy beard. I've given myself a step up. And Michael Stewart Webb is, in fact, presenting the night of the revival. He's using this opportunity. Revival's using it for a grand reopening. He's launching his media company. And obviously, COVID restrictions in effect. We only have 25%. But I mean, I became a vegan, a cat person. You know, I, I enjoy, I started to cook. I'm like the total package now, fellas. Or do <laughs> I have a total package? You'll find out later. So, so I, for me, I did have a lot of stuff to write about. And that's why I'm recording this uh, new album called Reverse Mortgage Cowgirl, because obviously shenanigans ensued. I don't even own a, a pair of flats, guys. And I'm, I've been on a farm for a year and I went all in. I'm like if Meryl Street played a chameleon who became a scrawl. I'm like, I become my environment. It's like 100% or nothing, right? So. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because comedy is such, it's such a lifestyle gig. So many comics, you know, your whole entire life is always about grind, 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 stage time, getting the next gig, especially here in Canada. There's X amount of things everybody's trying to do. And COVID made a lot of people sort of, it forced people to go on pause and go, what do I do when I'm just being a real person? Now? Oh, family. There's such a thing as family. There's friends. Like it, it forced a lot of people to sort of take this bit of downtime and change their perspective. And I think it's going to change a lot of people's comedy coming out of this. I mean, for you, you've no been really on a farm this entire time writing. Did you, did you find that, a valuable time, by the way, to, to write new new stuff. I mean, I know I'm sure you're bringing a lot of it to Revival. Did you, or did you find it difficult to do that when you aren't out touring and gigging and all that stuff? No, for me, I think the quiet time, which was unusual, I, I did. I really, I just wrote like a maniac. I was like Stephen King with fake boobs. I was just radiant, <laughs> crazy person. So for me, I got inspired, you know, because if, if I'm left to my own devices, I just start thinking of wild things like, you know, what would Bob Dylan sound like if he did Frankie Goes Hollywood Relax? And he would sound like this, <laughs> when you want to come. Like, so that's not helping anyone. So it's better for me to write and use my time wisely. And so, you know, I also, it's wonderful for me to get to share the stage with Canadian comedians who wanted to put together a show uh, where everybody could get some stage time, including some newbies. And uh, people I really admire and have always wanted to work with. So, uh, you know, because who knows Delta variant, the Southwest variant. I don't know what's coming next, but we're going to squeeze this in safely and, uh, and hope for the best, I guess. Which, by the way, I mean, what a, what a spiritually fitting venue to do that at than a place called Revival, right? I mean, that's sort of so perfect because a lot of comics are trying to figure out things like that like okay I want to put together this big show and make a big splash coming back to live audiences and all that and I mean yeah what a, that's sort of so perfect which by the way so um we did like like I said there's an amazing cross-section of comics sharing the stage with with you that night when did you start putting this whole thing together like how did that how did that lineup come together well you know uh Michael and I had a meeting at Revival for something completely different 
he was booking it for, um, he manages a country and Western artist and was booking his album release in December. And I started speaking to the manager, Joe, because I know they had been closed for 18 months. And I knew I was here until the beginning of September. And I thought, should we take a flyer and try this? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it was just when people were allowed at 25%. I've always wanted to play there. I love that venue. It's beautiful. I thought it was a great chance for him. And then I just wanted to fill the stage with diverse, amazing comedians whom I really admire. And, uh, and so the two different shows and, um, as I said, there's something for everyone. And I'm also, there's some surprises in store too, um, and celebrity guests. So I just thought if we make an event, I could take my, uh, album over the two evenings or the, rather the two shows it's one evening two shows because you know that way we saved on rent um <laughs> and um we've got some merch as i'm modeling mostly because uh, i couldn't get my hair done with the humidity so that was forced modeling and yeah i just i think it's going to be spectacular i really do like I, I i think you know we're doing it all safely and i feel like it's needed so and who knows what the future holds, but I know everybody's really jazzed to uh, to perform. It will, especially in a venue like that, like being in a big theater space like that, that nobody's done that in so long. It's just going to feel so cathartic for people. I mean, for you, I mean, you know, talking to people who have been in the comedy game a long time and people on the industry side, I mean, we've checked in with Mark Breslin a few times this year, Bruce Hills of JFL, like all the, all the sort of inside industry people too. Nobody, of course, has seen anything like this ever. This is the most bizarre, unprecedented thing that completely shut everything down. For you, I mean, you've seen audiences, you've seen audience flavors change. You've seen, I'm sure, spikes go up and down in comedy where it has these sort of peak periods and then dies out again. And, you know, new media come along. Obviously, you've never experienced anything like this. What do you think, what do you think the comedy world is going to look like after all this? I mean... Do you, do you think all this online stuff is here to stay and it'll sort of be a blend of everything now? I do. I think some of that is here to stay because you reach out globally and a lot of people are going to remain working from home. Dean, as you've heard, probably, you know, it'll be, it'll be a hybrid. It's going to be a Prius of comedy, I think. <laughs> uh, nothing, will, nothing will ever replace live. You know, that's the beauty of it. But I think we need to, and I know people hate change, but I think we all need to realize that nothing is... First of all, I don't know what normal is, but nothing is going to return to where it was. Yeah. It just simply can't. Like it's all, it's ever evolving. And especially when you have a world event like this, like there's a big shift in energy. I don't, you know, I mean, you know me, I'm a I'm very spiritual. You should see a very, my parallel universe parking is toyed. Um, But, you know, we, we're, it's, it's going to move into a different way. It, it just is. There's, and I, and I think often when things are changing, you hear the last gasps of, people fighting and wanting to remain in the old energy, but eventually we have to move. I don't know exactly what it will look like. I know people are so grateful and apparently the audiences have been wonderful yeah. uh, for the small shows that have just started to return. Um, so, but I think, it, I think it is gonna look like a different beast and you just gotta think maybe for the better. I mean, we, you have to roll with it, right? You can't be left behind just like people a fax machine is nothing but a phone with a walk wire. Like you have to know, like there's TikTok and there's videos and there's things that move. Again, though, nothing will replace the magic of live. 
And it'll, we'll get there. I mean, I think, you know, the fact that, yes, it was sort of a, we were calling it a soft relaunch and it was half online and half live, but even the, you know, just for laughs coming back this summer was such a sort of symbolic thing. It's like, okay, we're getting there. We're slowly coming towards the other side of the tunnel. We don't know quite what it'll look like, but, but live things are happening again. And I mean, when 9-11 happened, that's 20 years ago now, but we're all going, oh my God, we'll never be able to fly again. Airports are going to be quitting now. It's like, we don't even remember what that was like before. Like I just, I take off my shoes and I stand in the rotating tube and that's it. But we don't remember what it was like before. Uh, anyways, Carla, we could pick your brain on this stuff all day. But before we do let you go and get back to your simple life of farming. <laughs> we're well, so remember, there's, it's a cruelty-free farm, so I'm only milking my jokes. Oh, <laughs> there you go. You're not milking <laughs> the horses. That's good. It is a horse farm, you told us. So yeah. Um, before we let you go, though, all the details where people can, of course, get tickets and stuff and come out and see Revival. And of course, you're you're doing a taping as well. Yes. Um, so you can come to a 7 or a 9 p.m. show. And we have Fiona O'Brien, Jean-Paul, Dean McDermott, Jesse Reynolds, Ben Miner. It's spectacular. Different folks on some of the different shows. So you can come to both if you like. If you go to CarlaCollins.com, uh, tour dates. Uh, as I said, we have limited seating and the tickets have been selling fast. So I do encourage you to go there, carlacollins.com, tour dates, get your tickets. I think it's going to be a really special night. Awesome. We're so glad you're doing it. I mean, again, killer lineup. It's such a nice cross section and just, it's so great to finally see comics like yourself getting back to doing what you do in front of crowds again. We know you've been busy, but doing what you should be doing up on stage live. It's, it's beautiful to finally see Carla Collins. Thank you so much. Everybody check out carlacollins.com. Check out that show at Revival. Stay safe. We will talk to you soon. Love you. And I know you guys are coming too, so I can't wait. Yes. And we will be back with Kyle Lucy right here on Inside Jokes. Hi, my name is Elvira Kurt, and you are listening to Inside Jokes on 640. It's the first time I haven't been interrupted. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby! Right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967 thank you again to the one and only carla collins check out carlacollins.com and of course you can check out carla and friends live at revival next thursday here in toronto august uh what day is it august 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 19th uh, whatever that thursday is you know just check out carlacollins.com or or go back and re-listen to that part of the show anyways we're getting live shows are coming back man and they've been happening sort of on the dl to during the pandemic we're flipping it over to another comic uh this is the renegade side of the show we have a young man who used to be sort of my protege some said in the comedy world i was no. I, I was a workhorse we used to look more similar we don't now because if anybody watching the zoom part of this i look like goddamn Haley joel osmond now but anyways kyle lucy is on the show ladies and gentlemen kyle how you doing there bud hey gentlemen how are you thank you for having me i'm great Really you know, you, you have always been, because I do remember, you know, and we were talking about this just now during the break, but I do remember, you know, when you were sort of early on and starting out, you were doing your own shows out in, out in the burbs and stuff. When you came to Toronto, though, I mean, yeah, you hit the ground running and you, 
Toronto is the grind scene. It's, you know, there's a billion mics here. There's, there's stage time every single night. It's the comedy gym, you know that. So you came here, you made that move many years ago now and, and sort of hit the pavement. One thing that happened too with you that's interesting though is, and it happens to all comics early on in their careers and when they're younger and stuff, but your voice completely changed. Who you were as a standup, your material took on a completely different tone a more and i remember watching it happen in real time you just started talking about his testicles drop in real time kind of and you <laughs> talk about this really intensely dark personal honest stuff and it was sort of like you were exercising some demons or something but right on stage it was a completely different flavor from what people would watch you on those early on shows yeah I mean, now you have sort of this you're part of this sort of scene in toronto and you have sort of this rep as being a really outspoken sort of upcoming comic for you i mean was a big part of that coming to the city and just making your own shows um you know what it was actually mark breslin who uh really helped me with that because i had this thing in me this voice in me and i was afraid of it and so what i would do is i would stifle it and i would i would say things disingenuous things you know in a way that was very hacky like i'd go up on when i first started comedy i was like oh you know i, I slept with a teacher when i was high school uh, when i was in high school but i was homeschooled because like I, I i was always picking the safe option yeah out of fear and i remember it was one of the first times or second times i showcased for mark breslin he took me aside. He was like, you know, really funny stuff, but um, you're going to have to be you. I was going up there with material that was dark and honest, but I was doing it with a smile on my face because I, I, I really did, you could see through it. And he's like, you know what? You got to just be you and take the hit if it doesn't yeah. work. And with that, you'll learn how to wield this voice. After that, I started like ruining shows because it was so messed up. <laughs> for like a good eight months maybe even a year and thank god at that time i was with the corner comedy club and joe tachito uh always had my back all the guys at the club were like get this guy out of here and rightfully so like i i would host a show and bomb so bad from the hosting position this is not good press for me but <laughs> i would the whole, the whole show Nobody could get a laugh because I was so terrible from, from right off the bat. But I was, I was doing something, something never done before, something that I would say now is cutting edge. Because when you're walking down, a, like, let's say there's a lot of comedy that has been done before, and you could sort of see a footpath because other people have walked that way. But for me, I had to go into the thick of the wilderness with a machete and cut down the trees and make my own path. And so lots of cuts and bruises along the way. But until then, now I could say I am myself fully realized. And I, I could stand by that now. And I'm, I'm on to something now. Like now my career is doing very well. My standup is doing very well. And it's all because I focused and stayed true to myself. And now I'm able to wield myself. And it took so long of never catering, never wavering and always staying true. And now I'm able to do like, I get 
some of the best comedians in the industry taking me aside saying, I don't know how you get away with this stuff, but the crowd loves you. That yeah. People chalk it up to like, oh, you're good looking or you got a smile, but it's actually uh, about 7,000 sets, 7,000 workouts of meticulous and very technical work. And I boil it down. So I credit it to those two gentlemen who helped me so much in navigating my voice. And I mean, yeah, I remember, I remember watching that happen in real time and it's, and it's, yeah, it's a tricky thing. Cause you know, so many comics and you know, a lot of them don't stick around. We, we live in a city where there's at any given time, 50,000 amateur open micers and all that stuff. And eventually, you know, not all the sea turtles survive the swim, nor should they, right? The fat yeah. falls off the bone. But I remember I was watching that happen in real time and it's, it's an uncomfortable thing to figure out your voice because when everybody starts out, they all always just want to go. I'm going to be the next, you know, Bill Burr or Tignatar or whoever. Uh, no, you're not. You, you have to figure out who you are. And and like Breslin told you, it's an uncomfortable thing because you're taking that risk and you're putting yourself out there. But audiences are smart. They can tell the genuine. So if you're meant to be doing this and you're putting in the honest work and you do have that writer's brain, you're going to get there. And I mean, which you have, which, by the way, we're going to come back from the break with more Kyle Lucy and find out what he's been working on during the pandemic. And of course, we know you have a showcase coming up that you're producing here at the Bovine Sex Club in Toronto, which makes the heart feel good, man, after a year and a half of pure empty nothingness. We're going to go back with more Kyle Lucy right here on Inside Jokes. Hey, this is Frank Sparon, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640. Toronto. You don't remember Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, and of course, planet Earthwide on the Global News Radio Network. We have Kyle Lucy on the air with us, which by the way, so Kyle, for you, I mean, you were talking about how, yeah, you came to Toronto, you were a young, sort of brand new comic, and just hit the pavement hard, just show after show after show after show, seven nights a week, and really just sort of took those wounds and took those bombs and sort of had to figure out your own voice. How, I mean, you're such you're such a figure on this Toronto mic scene. It's a comedy gym. You're out every single night of the week. Just hone, 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 hone. Do new material. It's all about putting in the time and putting in, you know, it's all about the grind. For you, how tricky was it this past year with everything being shut down? I know there were sort of like speakeasy shows and stuff like that. But for the most part, you know, you didn't have those rooms to go and work things out. And did that feel like a full stop to you? Like, were you still able to, in your head write new material like how how much of a loss was that for you um it was definitely it was definitely abrupt that being said i would say i myself and maybe ben bankus were two of the most active comedians in canada i could arguably say that and this whole pandemic i was doing about five shows a week i didn't take any time off at all they were underground shows i also I, there's certain things that I can't even say that I did, <laughs> yeah. but uh, let's just say I got on a plane, got off a plane and showcased for a lot of um, big things. And I can't yeah. say anything more, but um, I was very active, always doing shows, little speakeasy shows. And I produced my own show when it was safe to do so. Um, we've been sold out. Um, I think we're on 12 
weeks in a row, a little bit over that maybe. Um, you know, when, at a time where all the comedy clubs were closed, uh, it's been nice to have like sold out shows, especially when there's zero work right now. Well, there's work. I'm starting to get some work, but there was a, a time when there was like a good month where there was no work at yeah. all in the country. And I, I was having sold out shows. So it was nice to financially like to get some comedy money coming back in. Cause that was my main source of income with stand up. Um, but as far as like, I'm a very spiritual person. Um, I meditate every day. Uh, again, as we were saying during the break, um, I was happy to have martial arts throughout this pandemic um, as it centered me in a way. It gave me a discipline when I needed it. You know, a yeah. lot of my comedy comes from my demons. Both my parents are addicts. They have both been to jail for what they used to do to me. Um, you could fill in the gaps. But what is that? What does that boy grow up to be when you've seen people shot in the head outside your elevators? Now, I'm, I look like an H&M model, so people don't want that to be my reality, but it is my experience and it is my reality. And so here I am speaking my truth and perhaps my truth is triggering to others because people might look at me and say and make some sort of assumption that I'm making it up, which I find um, I don't even want to talk about it because it's like it's like calling a victim of a crime a liar. I yeah. can't even tell you what it does to me inside. But all of that fuels me. Also, my father, um, this is very interesting why I work so hard. They repoed his van when I was a child. He was a bus driver in Toronto for the TTC. Yeah. He, he didn't have money for the bus. So he walked from Ajax to Toronto both ways to drive a bus for eight hours. Imagine walking, seeing the buses drive by you to get up on a bus. It took about four days for his boots to disintegrate. And from then I realized the impossible is possible. The amount of hard work to get it done just goes exponentially higher. So it really does. But by the way, I mean, you know, people have noticed, I mean, people have noticed what you've put together, even these shows that you have been self-producing during the pandemic. I mean, Mike Wilmot came out and headlined one. I mean, you have the respect of your of your peers. And I think one thing that's been interesting during all this is, you know, comedy is a competitive game. It's a lone wolf game. People have their little cliques and their clubs and all that stuff. But it's, you know, at the end of the day, you're going out for yourself and you're trying to get the same gigs as everybody else. I think we've seen this sort of sense of community forged together during all this and this solidarity to just keep things going that that never really existed before um and it's paid off like you said i mean you found your voice you found the attention of the people in the industry you're being honest on stage audiences are smart they can tell and they they respond to it and it, they have so far and i mean well now you're taking the show to the bovine sex club so yes. what's what's that all about where can people when can people go see this and what's that show all about uh, August 26th, Thursday, August 26th. I'm just going to confirm that date. Yep. Thursday, August 26th is our first show. Uh, it's going to be amazing. I want to do it more as a live and a live event to celebrate reopening. Uh, unlike the secret show, which is very speakeasy, uh, renegade comedy at the bovine sex club. We're going to do a big, we're going to have the best acts, just absolute killers. People who go up on stage and annihilate the laughs are going to be very heavy hitters um and you know it, we're going to do it as 
as big as we possibly can for as long as we possibly can. Um, hopefully things stay safe and we're going to do it safe and things stay open. Um, but that's going to be, yeah, Bovine Sex Club. And that's a weekly residency. Um, I'm very excited about that. It's a quite, quite a notoriously legendary venue and it fits yeah. the brand, fits the brands. There we go. It's perfect. So you can see listeners at home, you can go check out Carla Collins and friends this coming Thursday at Revival here in Toronto. And then right after that, the following Thursday, go over to Bovine Sex Club and watch what Kyle Lucy's doing with, again, some heavy hitters and comedy. It's beautiful to see this stuff happening again. Kyle Lucy, thank you so much for joining us, buddy. And I'm, I'm so proud of you for all this stuff you pulled off and to keep it going during this, this year and just come out unscathed is amazing. Because, yeah, not a lot of comics were able to do that. That means a lot, Dean. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on this. And I, I love, I've been watching this show for so long, so it, it really means a lot to uh, be on Inside Jokes. Anytime, really buddy. Cool. Thank you. Thank you for doing what you do. Stay safe. Everybody check out Kyle Lucy, the 26th and Thursdays onward at Bovine Sex Club. We'll talk to you later, man. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dean. Thank you, Vince. That is our show. Thank you again to Carla Collins, who you can check out this coming Thursday at Revival. And of course, Kyle Lucy, Thursday, August 26th at the Bovine Sex Club. And don't forget, you can get all of our episodes right back to the beginning on Global News Online. We'll be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week featuring Carla Collins. Can we talk about Beyonce for a moment? The new album, Lemonade. Yeah, that's her revenge album. Mine's coming out too. It's grapefruit juice. It's even more bitter. <laughs> the thing is, you know, we love Queen Bay. I understand respect, so it's a whole album about how Jay-Z cheated on her. And Becky with the good hair was, I think, sort of the whitish chick that he cheated on her with. But have you heard the lyrics? At one point, Beyonce says about the woman who cheated with Jay-Z... I'm going to wear your skin. Jesus. I mean, come on, guys. It's a pop song. Isn't that a little over the top? Pull it back, Beyonce. I mean, gee, that's some Buffalo Bill shit. That's some, that's some somebody spending time in the well, you know? Fattening up and lotioning up. Holy crap, that's terrifying. Like, are three of her ex-boyfriends just drum kits? <laughs>